Hey there, and welcome to Empower, Uplift, and Transform podcast. I'm your host, Misty Lucas, and I'm a coach who's passionate about working with women who are chronically stressed, continuously feeling unseen, and are playing small in their lives. My intention, my goal is to help women move from just living to thriving in their lives. This podcast is an opportunity to invite you into my world to share my experiences, all the while interviewing some pretty inspiring women. My experiences with a health crisis back in 2011 brought me to a place where I was able to completely shift my perception about how I thought life was meant to be. And it created opportunities for me to see how I was not showing up in the world and sharing my own gifts. I can't wait for you to dive in, listen, and hopefully find a nugget to inspire you to start your own unraveling and change your life to create a life that you deserve and one that you can't wait to start living. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Empower, Uplift, and Transform, episode 13. And I am so super excited for today's guest, Shonda Morales. She is a psychotherapist and licensed clinical social worker who's about to release her second book, Don't Forget to Breathe, Five-Minute Mindfulness for Busy Women, Beat Stress and Find Calm Anytime, Anywhere. Shonda aims to help women reclaim their peace of mind by centering themselves in the present moment, even while they're being pulled in 80 different directions. Shonda is a life balance coach, a therapeneur, author, and podcast host. She serves on the board of Shanti Project, an education nonprofit providing evidence-based mindfulness services to children and adults. She lives in Pennsylvania with her husband and two children, loves to play outside, endeavors to practice what she preaches, and is perennially fascinated by what makes people tick. She's also the author of Breathe Mama Breathe. Okay, I'm so excited that you're here, Shonda, and I know that my audience is going to be so excited to hear all about your latest book coming out in September. Don't forget to breathe. So let's just dive in. Let's dive in and start talking about that. Um, So if you could just tell us, why do you feel it's so important that women carve out at least a few moments each day to care for themselves? Oh boy, where to begin? (laughs) We tend to put ourselves at the bottom of the list. Uh, So, you know, so that's one thing is, you know, we need to, sometimes we don't even think of it, right? It's sort of like we forget to prioritize ourselves. So to make sure that we're um, carving out just a few minutes every day to be intentional about where we want to go with our lives and and have fun and play and just make sure that we're giving ourselves that permission. So that's, it's being aware that we need to do it and then giving ourselves permission because sometimes we feel guilty, like I need to do all these other things or um, I'm being selfish if I take care of myself and prioritize myself. Yeah, I know. And I know I do a lot of that work with my clients just reminding them that it's okay to take time for themselves. So I love that you have this whole book talking about Don't Forget to Breathe. And I noticed that you call it an antidote to burnout. Can you just tell us how that is? 
Yeah, well, definitely, because it's about life balance. And so, and that's a whole another <laughs> topic that some women uh, will say, there's no such thing. It's impossible. Forget it. Give it up. And I'm always like, no, 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 no. <laughs> it's totally possible. Uh, it just depends on our definition. And so um, if we don't pay attention to ourselves and if we don't try to what I call recalibrate the balance every so often, we inevitably will burn out because we are natural caretakers, natural helpers as women. Um, and so we need to be putting our own oxygen masks on first on a regular basis. If we're not, yeah, because just saying about like, so if, if we're um, to take care of ourselves in these little ways, if we're not doing that, then we tend to be resentful. We tend to um, just get into this place that it's chronic uh, stress. You know, we're in this fight or flight situation chronically. We don't even recognize it, you know, until we really burn out or get sick. And so what we're trying to do is pay attention to these subtle signs along the way, be more proactive. Um, and I know for myself, if I get into a place where I'm feeling overwhelmed or if I've overscheduled myself, whatever that is, I am not as fun. I'm not as playful. I'm not, I'm definitely not thinking. Um, creatively. I'm serious. <laughs> you know, I'm barking maybe at my kids or my family and, you know, I'm just not that tolerant. And then I'm, you know, less tolerant of myself and others. And so that's why it is, you know, if we can't do it for ourselves to take that little bit of time, uh, sometimes we women will be motivated to say like, I will be my best self for everyone else if I'm taking care of myself first. Yeah. And it's interesting you brought in um, the chronic stress to burnout. Could you could you just give the, the listeners sort of a little bit of a definition of chronic stress and what burnout is and sort of the differences? Because I think sometimes we we might not understand that and not really see how, hey, well, I'm in this chronic stress state and then burnout. I mean, that's like a whole other state right. from my perspective. Exactly. So I would just love to have your input on right. that. So we know that stress can actually, uh, small doses of stress and for short periods of time can actually be beneficial for our overall well-being, for our health. Um, you know, if I'm giving a talk in front of a large audience, I'm going to feel a little stressed, and but I'm also going to probably perform better because I'm feeling a little bit of stress. So we go into that state of fight or flight or freeze, which is our body's reaction to perceived danger. Um, so the problem is that our, our body and mind don't distinguish between real danger and perceived danger. And real danger, of course, would be I'm crossing a street and I look up and I see a car coming. I hop out of harm's way. My body, my heart starts pumping the blood to my muscles and I can react quickly and, you know, that's a helpful thing. Um, but our body and mind don't distinguish between that and the to-do list and all of our responsibilities at work and caretaking and all of these other hats that we wear as women. Um, so we're in that low level fight or flight so much that we don't even recognize. We might recognize, oh gosh, my shoulders ache, my back aches, I have headaches, I have digestive issues. Because fight or flight will affect all of the uh, systems in our body. They definitely will affect, you know, um, the, the digestive system and, and muscle tension, all of these things. And so uh, that those are clues that we're running in fight or flight. And if we do that chronically over time and we're not aware of how to counteract that, then that can lead to burnout, uh, which is when we've been in a chronic stress state for, for quite a bit of time. Yeah. And you mentioned that in the burnout stage is really when it's almost like a complete shutdown right, of our bodies or 
or even like psychologically, emotionally, it could really show up as as having that complete shutdown. Yeah, and that right? can look that's, like depression. That's the- yeah, depression, anxiety, feeling like uh, we have no motivation. It's sort of like, why am I doing this? Um, just this o- overall kind of lackluster feeling of our loss of engagement in life and and motivation, um, all of these things. And we get can, we can become jaded, you know, just sort of like, Meh, who cares? Why bother? Um, you know, all of these things can be symptoms of burnout. And hopefully, you know, we catch it before we get there. Yeah. And books like yours coming out will be so helpful <laughs> for us to be able to find ways to, to not lead into that space. Right. So I would love for you to share with us what the difference is now between this idea of mindfulness, meditation, and mindful breaks. Because we hear this verbiage a lot, I think, a lot more nowadays. But just giving some insight into each one of those would be fabulous. Definitely. Mindfulness is paying attention to what's happening in the moment with an attitude of kindness. And so many people will know mindfulness is about being in the present moment, but they forget that piece of kindness, uh, acceptance as best we can. We're not judging. Um, and the opposite of mindfulness is when we're running on automatic pilot. We've all done that where we kind of get in our car and get somewhere and think, oh my gosh, I don't even remember making a turn, passing a landmark. Um, when we're in autopilot, we are in our minds either in the future, we're worrying, we're what-ifing, we're running through our to-do list, or we're in the past, we're rehashing a conversation or thinking about something that happened before. So um, mindfulness brings us out of automatic pilot and straight back into the present moment. And that is so powerful for so many reasons. We then have a choice when we recognize what's going on internally. We have a choice with what we do in a situation. We can choose how we respond rather than just reacting out of old habits. And we also find that we notice uh, more of the beautiful moments throughout the day, which are often these ordinary moments, and then we can savor them more um, because we tend to miss so much when we are on autopilot. So that's mindfulness. (laughs) Meditation is carving out time in our day to practice the skill of mindfulness. So much like if I'm learning to play the piano or learning to swim, I can't just do it one time and expect to be skilled at it. I need to practice. And that's where meditation comes in. So we can practice seated meditation. That might be as simple as I notice my inhale. I notice my exhale. I do that. I continue to do that. My mind will certainly wander off often very quickly, um, which is fine. And then we just bring it back over and over again to a point of focus. We use the breath just because it's always with us. Um, we can also practice moving meditation, yoga. Each time we are, our mind wanders off the body or the breath, we just come back to the body and the breath, and that's a moving meditation. So there are different ways to practice uh, meditation, but ideally we're going to set aside time where we're uninterrupted, where we can kind of close our eyes and really be there. Then mindful breaks are these reminders and pauses in the midst of our full days where we don't need to go uh, get quiet somewhere, but I can just drop back into the present moment. It's a, I can do it while I'm driving, while I'm waiting in line at the grocery store, while I'm um, getting ready for a meeting at work, whatever that is, we can take mindful breaks throughout the day. So that combination of what I like to say is just starting with five minutes a day of meditation in the morning and sprinkling your day with mindful breaks is kind of the ultimate combination because you are remembering and you're developing these habits to be back in the moment. 
Um, so back to that chronic stress, fight or flight, like we talked about, when we are in that chronic uh, fight or flight, we're very tense and it's exhausting, you know, and we all know like we've had days like that, right, where you're just kind of like, oh my gosh, you flop at the end. At the end of the day, you're just like, I am done, <laughs> you know, but with these practices, the hope is that <clears throat> you're interrupting that automatic pilot in fight or flight and you're sustaining your energy much longer because you're de-stressing. You're kind of stop stepping off that that hamster wheel, I like to say, you know, out of autopilot and and calming our nervous system down bit by bit throughout the day. And over time, you know, that makes us healthier. So um, what research shows that I think is fascinating with meditation uh, is that it affects us all the way down to the cellular level. So, and the uh, telomeres are these uh, chromosomes at the end of our chromosomes. Um, they're like caps, like uh, the end of a shoelace, that plastic co coating. And as we age, they tend to break down. But when we meditate, long-term meditators show that their telomeres uh, stay intact longer. So we're living longer, healthier lives. Um, and I think that's a, a great motivator <laughs> for us to sit down and meditate a few minutes every day. So that's the difference between the three. Yeah. Yeah, I know. And I love that there's more and more scientific evidence showing how this, the meditation is so healthy for us and that it's no longer sort of, um, like I remember years ago, it was like the woo woo. It wasn't really taken seriously. And so I just love that it's more and more people are seeing the value of it. So thank you though, for sharing the, the differences there. That's really helpful. Yeah. And back to like, I interrupt, sorry, for a second, what you were just saying about that. I was definitely a skeptic when I, I started meditating, uh, you know, gosh, almost 20 years ago. And I was like, what? I, I'm a type A. I'm a recovering perfectionist. Like, I'm not, I don't want to slow down. Are you kidding me? Uh-uh. But what I, when I just experimented with it, which I encourage other women to do, is you test it out and you're like, oh, wait, I'm actually, you think about those days when you're rushing around and you're tense and you're stressed and you're like spilling the coffee and you're dropping this and, you know, we're not efficient. We're not um, as productive as we can be if we slow down just a notch. So I, I hear you. You have to test it out for yourself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know. And I, like, I share restorative yoga with, um, with people. And I always remember the ones who first come in, who are the type A and are the perfectionists. And it's always usually, it tends to be the same experiences. They'll come in and they'll do the class and they'll leave. And I'll just check in like, how was that? And they'll be like, I hated it. Right? Like the slowing down. <laughs> Especially Shavasana, being, right? Like mindful. Like forget Shavasana. I'm not <laughs> yeah, like, like, are you crazy? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I always share, like I was the same way and now I love it. And then it tends over time, they show up, they come back and they're like, they just love it. And they're the ones who propel it to other, to all their friends. So there is the value and it takes time. And maybe the first time doesn't always go so well. So yeah. And I think, definitely. I think we have to be easy on ourselves with it. Right. Because this expectation I hear a lot with meditation of, I can't clear my mind. I've tried to meditate when really it's not about that. Right. It's just about noticing and recognizing all the places our minds do go and take us on these trips um, and just knowing that that's where the power lies. Yeah. 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 Cause I think there is that misconception. It's about clearing the mind and I'm like, it, that's almost impossible. Right. We have so many thoughts yes, all the luck. time, right? Yeah. 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 
So it's like sharing that little bit of information almost gives them permission to be okay in a meditation. Exactly. And I like to say to mm-hmm. you that little bit of, you know, amusement of watching your busy mind, right? Because if we not take ourselves so seriously, which we tend to do when we are type A's, you know, it's sort of like, am I doing this right? Am I doing it well? Am I, am I, am I good? Am I good? <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, okay. So in your book, Don't Forget to Breathe, you have a framework. Uh, breathe, becoming, and balance. Can you just tell us a little bit about that? Sure. So this is, you know, when we sit down and get quiet in the morning, hopefully, uh, one minute, five minutes, whatever you can do, uh, then checking in and recognizing what is it I'm really needing in that moment or that day. So sometimes we're feeling like we need a little bit of calm or a little bit of awareness, just kind of, hey, I need to really check in with myself. Those are the the um, breathe breaks that I divide them into and all different kinds. There are 50 mindful breaks in the book. Um, and then the um, becoming breaks are more about when you need a shot of assertiveness or confidence or growth. Um, and then the balance breaks, of course, are, are pretty self-explanatory. It's like when I need to bring things a little bit into the, into balance, you know, do I need to uh, step on the gas pedal in my life right now? Do I need a little bit of, um, you know, goals and energy or do I need to kind of put the brake on? And uh, those those are the breaks that can kind of help us get back in what I like to say is recalibrating the balance in our lives. And, you know, what it is, it's this gentle, ongoing recalibration. Yeah. And so I hear uh, many women talk about the impossibility of finding balance (laughs) and you share that it's not only possible, but it's optimal. So how is that? Right. Right. I like this question because I'm always like, you don't want life balance. I don't know. That confuses me. But I think women get frustrated because they hold themselves to such high expectations and or think that they're going to reach this certain Uh, formula of balance and then they're supposed to stay there and you know it's not like that at all and we hopefully we're evolving and growing and our needs change and uh, these different phases of life and so it's all about having this fun playful attitude so recognizing when I've been pulled off balance a little bit and then coming back more toward the center of what that looks like and so I think if we have the expectation that it is a very imperfect kind of ongoing balance um, it's more about the intention the intention of what will get me towards a little bit more balance in my life. Something as simple as I might be like uh, recognizing my my work calendar has been quite full and I look at my son who's 10 and I think, oh, I haven't, you know, had that quality time. I'm kind of craving that with you. I'm missing that for a few weeks. Then that's a cue that I don't have to judge myself for, but it's like, ah, information. Okay. Let's make sure I schedule something coming up that we can really hang out together for the day or something like that. So it's, you know, it's, it's the attitude we bring to it. And again, with that non-judgmental attitude. Yeah. And it's, I feel it's like the non-judgment is, is a big part of that. And we're so, I just finished a workshop this week and a lot of things that I heard from the, the attendees was how they judge themselves. Mm-hmm. They're so hard on themselves. Right. And, and I think that that's like a almost inherent in most people. It's that they really get down on themselves. So it's reminding, it's like, noticing it that you're out of balance and not judging it and then being able to find that remedy or recognizing that we do judge ourselves all the time and then not judging ourselves for judging ourselves which is what we're good at doing. Yeah. so yeah, yeah there's ah oh, there I am doing some judging how can I be kind to myself how can I talk to myself like I would my my friend or somebody I really care about 
Um, one of the mindful breaks is called going to Shondaland, which is as simple as putting, you can't see me, but putting your hands to your heart, to your chest, um, which releases a little oxytocin, the connection hormone. And it reminds us to be kind to ourselves and take a few deep breaths. And it's sort of just like, hey, I got you, saying maybe a, like something kind to yourself, like I'm safe, I'm okay. Um, that, that came about from a client I worked with who was kind of just would find herself spinning out, judging herself so much. And I would teach her to put her hands to her heart in that very simple way and take some breaths. And she started saying, I'm going to Shondaland. And, uh, so, so then her friends used to tease her be like, you need to go to Shondaland. So yeah. Um, something as simple as that to remind ourselves to be kind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that and that's so interesting that you say that. I didn't know I was going to Shondaland, <laughs> but that's really what I do very often when I'm feeling a little anxious. It's like hand to heart, and I really, or if something's upsetting me, that's the first thing. It's like an automatic. It's hand mm. to heart, and I just hold it there yeah. for a moment, and, and I can immediately feel more grounded yeah. and connected. Yeah, so, and I think within that beautiful. is this this training ourselves to stop, to just pause, because I think often, and I know for myself. Um, when we are feeling uncomfortable, anxious, overwhelmed, whatever that is, we tend to just get busy and like scroll on our phones or it's it's this sort of um, automatic response of grabbing something that's going to be self, what we think is soothing and self-soothing when it's really kind of counterproductive. And so that's what we we're wanting to do here is just be more deliberate about how we pause and can soothe ourselves. And it can be super quick, right? So it's, you know, you can do that in five, 10 seconds and it matters. It feels different. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's just about having the tools to do mm -hmm. it, right? Mm -hmm. Like when somebody shows it to you, it makes it much easier to bring that into your daily life. And practicing on a daily basis so that we remember. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yes. Creating the habit, yes. right? Yep. Forming the habit. So could you share some evidence-based mindful breaks from the Don't Forget to Breathe um, that our listeners could implement? So we just talked about the Shondaland, <laughs> but is there something right. else that you could share with us that would be a way for them to maybe start practicing? Sure. A, a breathe mindful break. So a calming one everybody loves is the coffee mindful break or tea, whatever your beverage of choice is. Um, so rather than just kind of chugging that that beverage in the morning um, and multitasking, it's it's pausing for 20 seconds or you can stretch it out, but uh, recognizing or feeling the mug in your hands, the warmth, the texture, bringing it to your nose and really using your senses to inhale and taste and feel the warmth moving into your stomach. And so if you pause and do that in the morning, again, you're interrupting that, uh, that automatic pilot and fight or flight. And it's a great way to just be uh, Break, bring a break right into your morning. Um, a very popular mindful break is a three breath hug. Um, and this is from Thich Nhat Hanh. So I didn't make this up, but everybody loves it. And so you can teach this to your loved ones, to your par partner, to your, your dog, <laughs> to your kids. Um, and it's a big bear hug and then coordinating three deep inhales and exhales together. And it's, it's super connecting and calming. Um, and I tell the story of my daughter when she, who's now 20, when she was five, I taught this to her and, um, I was having like a mommy meltdown in the bathroom one day and she slid a note under the door that said, meet me in my room for a three breath hug. So our loved ones tend to notice when we need them too. Um, a, a great, uh, uh, becoming mindful break is when we need kind of some of that assertiveness or confidence, um, is unmute yourself. And sometimes women are 
find themselves um, having a hard time speaking up. So, and it can be in different scenarios. So sometimes at, you know, we may be very assertive and confident in our relationships, but maybe at work we're not in certain meetings or vice versa. And so if that's something you struggle with, uh, this comes from a story of someone I worked with who talked about feeling like she wasn't uh, getting promotions and wasn't getting projects at work that she really wanted to be working on. And she, her uh, mentor said to her, you know what, Beth, you need to um, speak up. You need to speak up in meetings. And so she, this was before COVID, but she was still doing a lot of virtual meetings. And she, she, so she said, I'm going to hit that unmute button at least once a meeting and say something, contribute in some way, which was really hard for her. She, uh, she's like, my mouth would get dry and my heart would start pounding. And I didn't know how this was going to go, but I did it anyway. And she started, she said it started to get a lot easier and she would just do this practice. And before, t- before long, she was given these projects and given a promotion. So it's knowing in our lives, or is there a place where we are muting ourselves, where we're holding back and we can recognize what it is we want to say or contribute and push ourselves to do that. Uh, so that's an example of, an, of a becoming mindful break. Um, and, and a balance, uh, mindful break might be a, something as simple as, like I said, you know, do I, can I pause and say, how is my life feeling right now? Do I feel like I want to step on the gas pedal, step on the brake? Sometimes the the emer- life sends us, the emergency brake gets pulled for us. We don't have a choice. Um, and so giving ourselves permission to take care of ourselves in that way. Um, but just as using that as a tool to recalibrate. Thank you. So all great methods for people to when they're looking at things. So what would you say for our listeners is the best way to get started? So I say starting with five minutes a day of guided meditation, and it's always uh, helpful if you're learning how to meditate to use a voice to guide you. So you can use apps. Um, if you go to my website, you can sign up for I will uh, with your email, and I'll send you a free five-minute guided meditation with my voice and a guided coffee mindful break. Um, so if you combine that, and when you are starting a daily habit, you want to bookend it between two already established habits because then it just kind of becomes part of your morning routine. So we don't necessarily remember to brush our, you know, have to tell ourselves to brush our teeth every day. We just do it. It's part of our routine. And that's where we want to get the mindful, the meditation practice as well. Um, So ideally uninterrupted and then choose one mindful break to get started with. So what are you craving that day? Pick one. And maybe when you're getting started with all of this, you say, I'm going to practice a coffee mindful break every day, the same time every day. And that just becomes a habit too. Then after a week or two, you can stack on another mindful break and so forth. And so before you know it, you don't have to expend any energy thinking about, oh, I have to remember to do this. It just becomes part of your day and you're being pulled out of that autopilot and and back into the present moment. Great. And I will make sure that your website is um, in the show notes so people can definitely refer to that and jump on to grab your meditation. That's such a great gift for them to get started, right? Yeah. A beautiful way for them to start down this great. mindfulness I'm, way. I'm running a, a seven-day uh mini meditation challenge in September. So um, that may be the timing might work out as well. So that we'll be following along on Instagram and Facebook, kind of sharing our wins with getting this uh, habit established. Oh, amazing. Amazing. So definitely I'll make sure that all of your handles are in um, the show notes as well. So people could jump on and join you. Great. That's great. Always love a challenge. Yes. It, it gives you that little boost. And September is such a great time. I always say that I feel like September is a new beginning. Yes. 
I don't know why, but it's like more of a new beginning for me than a new year. I agree. For some reason, I agree. So. Feel that too. Yeah, that's great. So you mentioned that you have a daughter. I think, I believe you have two children that are 10 years apart. Mm -hmm. So what's that like? And how has mindfulness really helped you as a mom? Yeah. Well, uh, I think I shared back when, you know, my daughter was three and I started practicing meditation that it, it really, it offered me pretty quickly some tolerance and patience and, um, and not being so hard on myself as a mom, because, you know, it's one of those things we just want to do right. Uh, it's so important to us that we can get really hard on ourselves and feel a lot of guilt. So it helped with that. Um, 10 years seeing that she isn't, you know, I didn't, I don't sweat the small stuff as much anymore with my son because I see that she's really kind of just turned out fine, uh, thankfully. And uh, I didn't have to worry about all these little, little details. Um, so yeah, it's, it's been an interesting ride and, you know, he's definitely got a lot more of an easygoing mom, lucky for him, <laughs> the second time around. <laughs> Um, and so I'm just curious too, so how that's helpful as a mom is great, but also wondering how mindful breaks help women as leaders, decision makers, CEOs, and really how does it help with their efficiency, productivity, and creativity? Yeah. So back to that energy, right? I mean, so when you're, when you are, um, what we know about fight or flight, like I mentioned before, is that it affects our brain as well. And so that front part of our brain called the prefrontal cortex, that's in charge of, planning and organizing and being able to step back and sort of see the big picture, that shuts down or slows down when we're in fight or flight, when we're in chronic stress mode. And the amygdala, emotional part of our brain is firing and it's in charge. And so we're not as creative. So so when we are practicing more of these mindfulness practices, we are more creative and innovative and efficient. We can just think on the fly. We can see the big picture. Um, and also mindful communication. So we are in tune with other people a lot more and we can stay, we can have really hard conversations sometimes that, you know, when we're not as mindful, we might shy away from or avoid, or we might miss some cues when we're again, open. And that front part of our brain is thinking clearly it's, it's literally open and we have those, we can access those mirror neurons a little bit more, which is enables us to, uh, tune into people tune into others thoughts and not thoughts but emotions and kind of gauge gauge how they're feeling and you know that body language so it's contagious as well when we are more calm and you know ideally we're going for this state of being calm and alert at the same time that's sort of ideal uh, when we're feeling more that way people feel that whether they recognize it or not it puts people at ease um, and we are just better leaders and, and can uh, can make those decisions on the fly with more wisdom rather than operating out of fear. Yeah. So it can be so helpful as a leader or CEO, right? To be able to just have that ability to calm, to be able to come back into the big picture and not get stuck in the, I think you were talking as a mom, but in the sweating, the small stuff. So I think it oh, really yeah. is relating in both, right? Definitely. Of course. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. So, I have it. Your book is coming out in September. What is the exact release date? The release date is September 13th. It's available for pre-order starting in August. So, oh. yeah. Oh, amazing. And so if they don't, do they pre-order on your website? They can pre-order anywhere books are found. So Amazon, um, on, on my website as well. The Experiment Publishing is my publisher. Amazing. 
Amazing. So I will make sure the name of the book is also on the show notes so people can find it. And I just, it's been so great chatting with you, Shonda, and meeting you for the first time and just hearing about how it's just so interesting, right? How everything that you said is very much in line with what I do and how I like to work with people. So, and it's just nice to hear it from a different perspective, right? Just getting little new nuggets and letting it land differently for me. So I've really, really enjoyed spending this time with you. And I always love to wrap up just for the guests to share something like, what is a fun way that you release stress? or have been recently just to allow yourself to de-stress? Yeah. Well, I don't, I mean, this maybe doesn't sound relaxing to somebody else, but for me, uh, my husband's the cook in the house. And so I tend to be, I tend to clean up. Um, So I put my earbuds in and I rock out as I'm doing the dishes and I love it. And I'm like, nope, I don't want any help, which, you know, thrills my daughter and my son. Um, But I just like to (laughs) listen to a bunch of songs. The new Beyonce song is out and I'm into that one. And I just... I enjoy it. So that's my, it's, you know, it's very relaxing for me. Oh, I love it. I love it. I think music, music has come up with a lot of my guests and that's, that's how they they kind of have fun with de-stressing. So thank you so much for taking the time and sharing your new book with us. I can't wait to get a copy and read it because I think it sounds totally fascinating. I'm all about the breath. So reminding myself about breathing is an important thing too. So thank you for sharing your time and your wisdom with us today. Oh, thanks for having me, Misty. It's great to talk with you. Do you celebrate all the wins in your life, no matter how big or small? I know I sure do. And so in this moment, I'm celebrating you for finishing another podcast episode and soaking up new ways to empower, transform, and uplift your life. Want to grab the show notes and all the links talked about in today's podcast? Well, you're going to find those in the episode's description, along with a link to join my Facebook community, Supporting Resilient Women. In this group, I share even more insight, tips, and tools to live your best life. Until we meet again, my friend, and to your dreams.